welcome to episode 55 of our baseball weekly the weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit today naim sits down with Corey of the our baseball offseason sim to talk about what exactly the offseason sim is as well as go over some of the fun happenings at that event uh, before we get to that, though, my name is Lewis, and I'm joined by Dylan today to break down all the fun things that happened this week. Despite the lockout, there's still some some fun stuff going on, I guess, Believe or not, or not. fun, de- depending on what your definition is. Uh, so yeah, Dylan, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, and I am very excited to hear Corey and Naeem talk about The Sim as someone that's done that for like eight years now with with those two guys for almost his entire time it's it's a it's a it's a really fun dumb thing that we do and we've had a really great time doing it so i'm I'm excited to hear them talk about it in like kind of a public forum yeah i'm I'm interested to hear how it's changed i did it i believe the second year and i was apparently a terrible agent despite getting my clients pretty much exactly what MLB trade rumors said they should get and getting them what they did get in real life. Apparently that was not what the Sim decided players were worth. And uh, I I think, I think all agents go through that process. uh, And until you get Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, like $500 million, (laughs) you really haven't done a true agenting job in the simulation. So it, it takes, it takes time and experience to get up to the true ridiculousness of a, that entire thing. So. It was it was great. I was like, this is great. This is what I think they're going to get in real life. Awesome. <laughs> I'm done. Peace. Wait, this thing isn't supposed to take like it's, three days. Oh, it's 50% oh realism and 50% holy crap. What are we willing to stretch the, <laughs> the realms of imagination for here? Well, so. I'm excited to listen to that as well here on my Monday morning commute. I've always loved doing that. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, we, we missed this last week, but we're going to go ahead and bring it back this week. We have some trivia today. We'll answer it later in the intro. And this is courtesy of making sure White Sox fans know we do remember that the 2005 World Series did, in fact, happen and exist. Uh, our question today, we're going to see how many of you can get it. Uh, which pitcher recorded both a win and a save during the 2005 World Series. Dylan, you got any guesses? Which pitcher recorded both a win and a save? They're in consecutive games even uh, Mm. during the 2005 World Series. That's a weird period for me. First of all, the White Sox won the World Series. Right. I know. (laughs) It breaks my heart too. Um, Uh, the, The only people I really think of in that pitching staff back then were like Burley and... Was it was Lewise on that team? Was he on the World Series team? Like, you know, guys like that in his mid 2000s teams. I, I would just go with Burley because it seems like it would be something he would do, but I'm not. It, it could easily just be a reliever that I don't know too much about. Well, we'll answer it uh, at the end of the intro here. So anyone who's uh, wondering if they should stick around and listen to the whole intro and, or skip ahead to the interview, you can stick around for that answer. I or, wish it was know, Bobby Jenks, but I think he was, he was afterward. <laughs> or, you know, we, we timestamp when the interview is, so they could just sure. like skip ahead to the last if you really two minutes, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, or you can just listen to us, which is why I'm be assuming great. you're listening anyways. So all you got right. this far. So uh, we got some we got some news this week. We got uh, a few things that are going back and forth. 
Uh, the first thing that I wanted to bring up, which absolutely breaks my heart, uh, thing, thing that makes me extremely sad, ESPN is canceling its ESPN2 StatCast broadcast of Sunday Night Baseball and is replacing it with a supposedly, what I'm guessing they're hoping is like a Manningcast-esque A-Rod Michael K-Booth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't... That This makes me sad, Dylan. So the the main broadcast, I actually don't mind because it sounds like... So if the goal of the, you know involving more smart people in a booth and stuff like that it's an interesting it doesn't even have to be that smart as long as you know if you turn on a Mets game you're not there for insane analysis you're there for Keith and Ron and them being funny like if you can find entertainment and or you know knowledge in a booth that's ideal and so I don't find I don't find that change to be too bad because it feels like they're making the main broadcast smarter and more interesting, which I like, but I don't know what the market's going to be for anyone listening to A-Rod and Michael K. Like how many, how many Yankees fans are going to be turning on ESPN to, to, to justify that on its own. And then how many people are not Yankees fans are going to be doing that. I just don't, I don't, I don't see the point. Yeah. Uh, for those who missed who the main team is going to be, uh, it's going to be, uh, Carl Ravitch and David Cohn and then uh, former player and coach Eduardo Perez is going to also be on that team in the main one. So I guess I might be on ESPN more than ESPN two going forward. Uh, Usually during the season uh, I'm in my wonderful uh, basement rec room right now and uh, I can see the TV. Normally I've got Sunday night baseball on mute while we're recording um, Sunday night. So I, I mean, maybe that won't change that much because it's just muted TV. Right. Um, but the stat cast was always the most fun to tune into, especially for the wild yeah. card game. Right. Um, so that's disappointing to, to me that that is I think, going by the wayside. I, I didn't mind the stat cast uh, broadcast, but I think it, it needed a little bit more refinement, you know? So maybe this is kind of meeting halfway and you know maybe the product on that main broadcast would be a lot better especially with a-rod gone like i mean that is just a dramatic improvement and i think a-rod is still obviously a member of espn they might have just needed to find something for him i mean that conversational format is better for him but i just cannot the on the information that i think we understand the espn baseball product product is just really struggling because it's such a hyper regionalized sport for so many people and it's hard to say this is a national thing that you should all be paying attention to when it's not like Red Sox Yankees, you know, while yeah. we, we see MLB makes record numbers, but that's not because people are tuning into national broadcasts of baseball games. You know? No, it's because everyone's tuning into their local team. And I mean, right. the fact that we all can get like, we can get our local team for the most part. And yeah. let's face it. Um, we, you know, even just, five ten years ago uh you cut cable or you went down to basic cable or whatever uh espn still had was on like most super basic cable packages right uh so you could tune into that or you know go to a bar you know that's on um whatever uh now 
even if you've cut cable, you can still pretty much watch any one of your team's games yeah. if you take to the high seeds and support the Pittsburgh baseball team. Um, <laughs> but uh, now, and if you can watch, you know, you spend three hours Sunday afternoon watching your team play, you've spent three hours multiple nights during the week. Sunday right. night's kind of a nice break from, yeah. from having to care. Um, get your power rankings done and submit it and <laughs> move on, right? True, true. Uh, so... Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it'll go, but honestly, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, well, speaking of networks that are not renewing contracts here, Ken Rosenthal's contract with MLB network has not been renewed. Um, and some are pointing to some of his harsh comments about Manfred as the reason why it's not being renewed. Now we don't know that that is the case, to, to be clear, he wasn't fired mid-contract. His contract was up. They just decided not to renew it. Um, I I don't know uh, whether that would be something, but like there's probably a number of machinations at play here, yeah. um, but that that's something that was brought up. Yeah, I... I... I think I think everyone is pretty much in the same page here where it's like it's hard to think of anything else other than Manfred's ego getting in the way here and like because what what else would you want from that job like who else are you gonna are you gonna get John Heyman to do that job like are we are we really you know like I know I know Ken Rosenthal like I know a lot of guys do that kind of role but he was like good and he was good on TV and he's a good writer like I'm not like the giant Ken Rosenthal fan, but when mm-hmm. someone gets cut like that or not renewed, and it's like, I think it just has a very clear, like, this is, this is a move coming from the top or somewhere yeah. very specific. And it's just like, whatever he's, he's a good writer. He's going to have his athletic jobs lined up and you know, that's, I think that's fine with him. I'm sure. Well, hopefully he's still, well, we will discuss this here. Hopefully he still has his athletic jobs uh, yeah. lined up because the, the big news across sports this week for the online sports reading fandom, uh, the New York times is buying the athletic for a reported $550 million. And uh, that is Ken Rosenthal's day job. And uh, so we will see what comes from that. And before we start recording, uh, Dylan works in journalism here. Uh, and so he was, he was talking a little bit about what his thoughts were there. Not that you have an inside scoop, but uh, right, yeah. or, I like, think, what are you kind of thinking about this? I think the easiest way I described it was if you're in journalism and yeah, I think, I think you see what the reactions of the employees are first. And if they're positive, which I think they are in this case, that seems like a good sign. It seems like the New York times is investing in this thing as a positive move rather than what a lot of newspapers are been subject to over the last few years, which is a giant hedge fund buying your company because they're trying to rip the life out of it and squeeze the dollars out. Obviously they might have a specific plan in mind related to editorial content and stuff, but I think that's generally, especially, you know, obviously they have a lot of employees and it's a big operation, but to be for the New York times to say, Hey, we think you're worth like a really large chunk of change, just a few years into your existence. Uh, I think it proves that subscription model works out pretty well and they made pretty good choices about the people they brought on. So um, I would imagine Rosenthal and them will be kind of important parts of it going forward. And, um, you know, we'll see maybe as things shift a little bit or maybe they say, hey, we need to focus more here or here or here. Um, But, you know, I think generally it's positive because I don't think 
um, the New York Times dabbles in a lot of really crappy industry. Yeah, they they don't like their brand being crappy reporting. Yeah, That's a, right. that would that would not be good for them. What I am interested exactly. in is um I, I mean the top level talent i think that's what they're buying obviously yeah. uh, i'm interested in the background uh the pipeline talent stuff like podcast producers um those sorts of people right. who uh you know the new york times has that and, yeah. and they've got this backbone and infrastructure in place and I, I'm interested to see how that happens um right. because sometimes the easiest way to make something profitable is to uh, rip out the backbone and right. you know patch it into yours, which is the you know like I said that's that's a common thing I see in this more regional local journalism thing, which is bad. That's like people lose jobs. It's bad. So hopefully this they have a plan in mind and said and I'm you know I'm an athletic subscriber and I don't subscribe to a lot of things that are like the athletic. Like I, I you know it's just it has a lot of people that I really value. So mm-hmm. hopefully they keep up the great work and this is just a positive for them going forward. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and I'm sure you will as a subscriber exactly. and uh, Hey, maybe you'll get the New York times crossword puzzle or something for, for free. <laughs> maybe there's like a, a sports uh, crossword new, puzzle. Yeah. The new sports word puzzle. That's, yeah. that's where we go. Exactly. Uh, that'd be, that'd be interesting. That'd be enjoyable. I feel yeah. like that'd be really enjoyable. <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking Speaking of acquisitions, uh, Fanatics has acquired Tops. They just flat out bought the trading card company um, after, in December, taking MLB's exclusive trading card licensing. Um, they, they bought that out from under Tops, and everyone's question was, well, now what's Tops going to do? Because, I mean, that was a large chunk of their business model. And Fanatics said, eh, we'll just take you two and uh bought them um yeah just another big acquisition uh i don't know dylan if you follow trading cards at all yeah you know i know i understood that it's gotten you know a big boost from the last year of everyone being obsessed about pokemon cards and sports cards and stuff i think i, I but i don't know what that means for the modern tops company and i don't know how this changes anything you know i i truly have no idea so um hopefully Fanatics doesn't ruin it for the people that care deeply about it. Cause I know a lot of people really do. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested um, because Fanatics seems a little more like the sort of company that would uh, buy something, buy something on the brand value, gut it and try to coast and the, make a profit the, for a few years. Short the bad term. version of what we're describing. Yeah. The, the bad version um but hey maybe they were just like hey we got this license ah crap we don't know anything about trading cards we should just (laughs) go do something about that um so we'll see we'll see how that goes uh all right uh two more two more quick things here uh number one cameron mabin has officially retired um which i don't think would be a shock to anyone this is not a uh a Buster Posey out of the blue retirement right, yeah. or a, a Kyle Seeger. Oh, what? He probably could have, you know, stuck yeah. around a few more years. Uh, Maybin played in nine games for the Mets this year. He batted 36. Just not, just not straight 36. Yeah. Straight 36. <laughs> just, Zero, yeah. 36, which also happened to be his slugging. 
Um, there you go. That's what happens when you get one hit in uh, 28 at-bats. Uh, one single, 28 at-bats. Ratios did, don't work out well for you. He did walk three times, and he did have a perfect one-for-one one stolen base. There you go. So uh, that might be something. But yeah, uh, he's he's hanging up the cleats. And uh, that's that's our actual baseball player <laughs> news. This, like, the actual baseball news for this entire week. Um, yeah, uh, the other thing that just kind of came to light Sunday, um, a group of, Mo- uh, not Montreal, a group of Tampa Bay business owners wrote a letter to the editor supporting the sister city approach to the Rays in Montreal and also support a new uh, downtown ballpark, which they want to be shared with the soccer team um, in Tampa Bay, which uh, I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, uh, an interesting that the business owners in the yeah. city are, are backing this. Do you have any <sighs> any thought on? I need to do news? more research or whatever. I don't. That's a bizarre one. Like I like just the two city thing on its own is strange. Cause I don't know any parallel, like maybe something like, I know this has existed in weird forms. So in Virginia, we used to have an ABA team called the Virginia Squires. So like, um, Dr. J got his career yeah. like really early on George Gervin, they split their time between like Richmond and like Norfolk and like some other places. Yeah, like, like localized ones. Right, like the, but that's the, like in a state, yeah, right? The, that's like, like the Packers used to play football games in Milwaukee for yeah. like one or two games a year. Right, but like this is like, I just, the combinations of things, and then like the people in Tampa Bay being like, oh yeah, we got to do this. It's like, what is happening that that's like the business decision? It's just very peculiar. It sounds like that's headed toward that direction you know um so but it's confusing i guess my my reading of this which may be off my reading uh is they these are tamp you know the business owners they know if nothing changes they're probably losing the team because that's just what's going to happen i'm thinking what the business owners see is look uh hockey has expanded recently the NBA might be looking to expand here in the near future or are. Um, and uh, 32 is a really nice number of teams for a league. MLB is going to want to expand here in the next decade. And uh, what I'm guessing their thought is, hey, if we can do this sister city thing, it might be enough to keep the team in the area and uh maybe get a new ballpark get a multi-use facility with the soccer team and that'll keep it along long enough once we get the new new facility people are going to start coming to the ballpark there i think they're banking on tropicana being in an absolute terrible place to get to uh, being a main driving factor get a new ballpark get it somewhere keep the team in town and then when expansion happens um tampa bay can be like oh nope we fill the stadium now Montreal gets its expansion team. We get our full season back and all works out happily for everyone in the long run. Um, although by that point, uh, I'm the new Montreal team probably has a bunch of uh, Tampa Bay players that yeah. are at the top of their expansion draft <laughs> list. Um, but uh, that, I, I'm thinking that's got to be somewhere the long-term play. Yeah. Otherwise, just giving up 
um, 40 games where you have people in the area. I, yeah. So uh, it's got to be hopefully a long play for the new stadium and that this is the way to bridge the gap uh, is, is my guess and my reading. Cause I can't, yeah. I can't think of another reason why I just, it'll just be really fascinating to see, you know, the politics of it and business side of it is really interesting, but just to be able to see a team play an entire season and then just change or like, split or it's just going to be you know we, we actually got a little bit of a taste of it in the pandemic if you watch nba because toronto or like you know even the blue jays like the blue yeah. jays had the but that was more out of like this like nomadic necessity yeah and so this is this is a little bit different territory so we'll see how it goes yeah so well we'll see how that goes and um hopefully some cba talks can heat up between the players association and the league here um, you were the most optimistic last week, me and Phil went over our uh, predictions for dates of all the things ending. Uh, mm-hmm. you had January 24th as the, uh, end of the lockout. I'm to lose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the rest of us went a little into February. Uh, yeah. I think Maz was the most pessimistic. She had it uh, a bit later there. Like so. July or something. <laughs> yeah, no, not quite that pessimistic. Uh, they, they weren't that pessimistic. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That'll be interesting to uh, see how it shakes out here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, before we hand things over to uh, Naim and Corey, we have our answer to our trivia question uh, from earlier. Which pitcher recorded both a win and a save in consecutive games during the 2005 World Series? It turns out only knowing one member of the pitching staff worked out really nice for you, Dylan. It was Mark Burley. Uh, he threw one. Me. He threw 100 pitches over seven innings in Game Two, uh, and then you know travel day, and then was brought into Game Three in the 14th inning. Hell yeah! With two on, two out, and the winning run at the plate. He threw three pitches got Adam Everett to pop out to the shortstop and recorded the save on three. Pitches. I mean, listen, if there's one guy to know, Mark Burley is a great one to know. I love yeah. that guy. So, so uh, I'll win in a save on 103 pitches in that series. So highly recommend watching any old Mark Burley clips, because if you watch him pitch a hundred pitches, it'll take like four minutes of your time. Like yeah. it's like, it is, you know, rapid fire. It's we, great. We need Mark Burley, like going into every spring trade, like every minor league spring training, be like, all right, guys, this is how you do it. And speed just teaching them that'll that'll speed yeah. up the game more than any other changes is just yeah. having Burley become the pitching yeah. coach for the minor league. It's it's really nice seeing young guys come up and they're so much more quicker. And I'm like, God, if if everyone could just be like Mark Burley, like <laughs> a brave that does it is Sean Newcomb and Sean Newcomb's probably, you know, like he's kind of fringy at this point, but the man pitches fast and that's, I enjoy it. So that's, shout that's out Mark Burley. <laughs> well, Dylan, thanks so much for joining me here for uh, the intro here uh, at this point, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over for the bulk of this episode for our interview about the off season baseball sim with Nyman Corey right after this. So stick around. Hey, just cutting in here before my segment to say the news about Rachel Balkovec, uh, managing the New York Yankees, low a minor league affiliate dropped literally right after Lewis and Dylan stopped recording. So we didn't manage to get that in the episode. Uh, just want to say, we're probably going to talk about it in next week's episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that and stay tuned uh, in just a second for me and Corey talking about the baseball offseason simulation. 
welcome back. I am Nime, and I am talking about the baseball offseason sim with my good friend and moderator of r slash Oakland Athletics, Corey GM. How's it going, Corey? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, so so real quick before we start, uh, why don't you sort of explain a little bit uh, to our listeners what the offseason sim is and sort of how long it's been going on, stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, so it's been going on about maybe a little over 10 years, I want to say. I think um, under 10. I think 2013 uh, was the first year. Okay, so a little under, okay. A little cool. under 10 years. A uh, little under 10 years, but the, the basic idea is uh, about 30, 35 people will get together every offseason um, 30 people will take over the role of a GM of a team. Uh, we usually have between like four to six agents for the free agents. Uh, and then there's a couple of commissioners usually that kind of, you know, do all the admin work for the sim. Um, but basically, you know, six to eight weeks uh, over the course of those weeks, we get together, make trades, make signings. Uh, I'm, you know, get up to a lot of trouble usually. Uh, piss off the, you know, commissions. It's all, it's all good stuff. Yeah. So, so you, um, I, I'll say to, for the listeners, I also participate in the sim. That's how Corey and I know each other. We, we've been, you know, I've been doing it since 2014. Corey, you've been doing this since what, 2016? 2016 or 17, yeah. I think it was the 16, 17 off season. So gotcha. five or six years now. This is my sixth year. Yeah. Um, so uh, you've primarily been uh, a GM, uh, but we have both at different periods in time been commissioner. So uh, I, I would say like, what what does the commissioner of the offseason sim do? I, I don't know because uh, I never really did anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the commission, basically, so they're, they're responsible. Uh, the sim itself takes place, like all of the, you know, the necessary functions happen on Reddit. So there's every year there is a subreddit created for the sim. Um, and so anytime a signing is officially posted, it'll happen on Reddit. Anytime a trade is officially, you know, accepted by the commission's office, it's posted on Reddit. Um, you know, stuff like that. So we need to we need to review trades and signings that are submitted to us by the GMs and agents. We need to, you know, discuss because part of the point of the sim is realism. So if there's a trade that is like just totally out there that doesn't make sense for one side, we'll kind of discuss and you know, we we can veto it. That's happened before. Um obviously still ridiculous trades get through. Uh, if we talk about this year's sim, there's definitely a couple big ones that would not have happened in real life. But for the point of the sim, the point is to have fun. The point is to do stuff. So we can't just, you know, everything that's unrealistic. Um, but that is, so that is one of the commission's jobs is like assessing the feasibility of a trade or a signing, um, you know, posting that thing. Uh, the way we handle signings is, you know, as soon as an offer is submitted by the agent and the GM, uh, there's a 48 hour window. Other people can top that. So there is a, you know, there's threads that post the signing updates. So people top it, you know, the new one get the new number gets updated. Um, people, you know, people have their trade blocks and, you know, other kind of discussions that we, you know, moderate on Reddit. Um, and, you know, we have a big sheet where we have all the free agents for the year. So, you know, we have to make sure that's updated. Um, if somebody signs in the sim, we have to make sure they're not listed on the free agent sheet anymore, stuff like that. And uh, one of our, I mean, He's basically the permit commish, uh, Warble. Um, he has, you know, he, at the end of every season, or every sim, I should say, uh, he will take the rosters of the new teams and put them into an out-of-the-park baseball 
game and like run simulations to see who wins the sim world series and that kind of thing and he usually um, runs like a hundred sims to be like here's yeah. who won the most like you know so it's not exactly. just like one sim yeah. to be like all right this is it right there was, <laughs> yeah there was one year a couple of years ago where the royals which had just finished uh selling off everybody won one was sim world series and so if you just go off one you know anything could that, happen well that just happened like, right the the uh a's in our sim sold like right. did a, they did a fire sale and then one of well, the sims they won 105 games right yeah <laughs> that's because seth brown was worth eight wins which is yeah. never going to happen in real life or in, out of the park ever again or it uh, might who knows who knows uh, who knows i mean he was worth negative four wins like two sims before that one and then two sims later he's worth eight wins and leads the A's to a sim world series so yeah um but to be fair to the AGM, i will say i was not a biggest fan of their their you know their off season uh but it wasn't just a fire sale they did like sign some you know cheap veterans and stuff yeah, they, they, yes like they that, did sign so. uh, a lot of relievers that's the, that relievers. definitely yes so i will say yeah. um uh generally when i do the sim uh i have uh traditionally over the last five years four of those five years i've been a super agent which is uh i generally you know so what, what, what the way we agents have clients we just we do a draft so the four or five agents will do a draft and we'll pick our clients and then at the end uh usually because i don't like like being a GM, but I do like being hyper involved. I will say, all right, I'll take everybody else. Um, <laughs> when I'm not an agent, it's, it's up to the commissions to take everybody else. Uh, I always wind up taking everybody else, uh, which I find a lot of fun. I know a lot of pe- other people might not <laughs> like that sometimes, but uh, but I will say, yeah. So so it's 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 interesting taking like the the like C and D tier clients and just like getting a message uh, week one about like, Hey, can I sign Kurt Suzuki? And I'm like, why are you asking me about Kurt Suzuki three days into the sim? No, <laughs> ask me in two weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's why I always vote for you for best GM at the end of the sim because, or best, excuse me, best agent at the end of the sim, because uh, yeah, it's a tough job and you balance it all really well. Like not only do you get your, you know, uh, your, premier clients good deals you also get your c and d guys signed which for for an off season only last six weeks getting somebody like kurt suzuki signed in those six weeks is no small feat so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well and and usually you know usually i'll let someone come to me and and be like all right like i don't care if kurt suzuki gets signed or not and someone comes to me with a kurt suzuki offer then okay, now everybody else start making kurt suzuki offers are they going to sign with the first offer but um but there are some times where it's like hum uh, Michael Lorenzen just signed in real life. Anybody want Michael Lorenzen? <laughs> or we could, that's a good segue to the uh, Stephen or, Matz yeah, mystery Stephen box. Matt is about debacle. to sign in real life. Anybody want to sign Stephen Matz for the real life offer? Uh, and then uh, and then the Cardinals GM says yes. And then the real Cardinals sign Stephen Matz. And the Cardinals GM says, I never said that. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then the D-backs GM comes in with the receipts, like the screenshots of the chat where he said, yes, I'll sign Stephen Matz. Uh, by the and... way, you can find uh, – so the, the subreddit, like Corey said, we have a subreddit every year. So the subreddit this year was r slash baseball offseason 2022. Usually it's some permutation of – 2022 or just 22 or one year i think it was i think a 2k18 because somebody had two of them parked um whatever whatever it is but uh yeah so so if you if you want to go back and look at some of the signing stuff like that aside from just the sims 2 one one fun thing that that i always enjoy and i know i know you enjoy is the surveys uh that's another sort of way that we decide kind of who had a better off season is we run a survey of 
all the people who were participating as well. And we posted on Reddit too, if, if some random people, which occasionally happens, where, where either people who participated in the past or people who just happened to cross it and decided, yes, I like this and I'm going to vote, uh, <laughs> will vote. Uh, and so, uh, Corey, I think you ran, what, three or four of the surveys this year? Um, maybe only like two or three. Uh, I mean, I usually do about two or three. Um, but yeah, I mean, like just to your point, you know, because so originally the the sim was held entirely over Reddit, and then it was we moved to IRC. This is before my time, but well, the sim so, itself so moved I, to IRC. I, I don't remember because I wasn't there the first year, but the but the the three years or the I guess the two of the three years I participated before we moved to to Slack, like you were about to say, um, we were on IRC. So like twenty fourteen. 15 and 16, definitely IRC. 2013, mm-hmm. I think maybe they weren't, but nobody's still around from then except for two people. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so basically, you know, there there is a kind of, there's a time limit on, you know, how visible certain aspects of the sim are. Like if, if you have a trade discussion with somebody in the DMs or, you know, in the channel on IRC or whatever, uh, it'll disappear eventually. And, and as soon as we move to Slack, it's the same thing because we're not going to shell out, you know, $900 for premium or whatever. Right. Um, eventually Slack eats the, the discussion. So the surveys are a very good way to kind of like leave benchmarks of the progress of the sim as we're going through it. Um, and like, you know, make sure that not just the signings themselves, but like the com- people's opinions on the signings and the trades, like those are all like preserved in a, in a form on the Reddit. So it's a, it's a good way to do it. Um, so I, uh, here's what I'll ask. So, cause I've, um, I guess I've been around a, a few years longer than you have uh, in the sim. Uh, cause yeah, 2017 was your first year. Um, what, what have been the biggest changes from 2017 to 22? Cause I know from 2014 to 22, the biggest change obviously is, is moving to Slack. Right. Um, but there were also like little things here and there that I think, I think we didn't even have agents in 2014. So like, I think that's probably one of the biggest <laughs> changes that's been made. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously then, yeah, agents would be a big change. Um, there's, you know, there's certain things like there's certain small rule changes every year, um, you know, in regards to things like minor league free agents or, uh, you know, we don't, we're not that realistic we're to the point where we have like, you know, waivers and rule of five and stuff like that. Um, but there are, you know, every year, brought up every year, every questions. year it gets brought up to every do waivers year. in rule five yeah. and every year it's like, yeah, it's we're like, not like, do you, do you I'm, see I'm how bad the, the, the commission want to kill us at the end of week six, let alone be going to add waivers in rule five? Are you kidding right. me? Yeah. Just sign your damn minor league free agents and then just get on with it, man. You don't need to, you don't need to do a rule five waiver. Come on. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's like, you know, small rule changes like that every year. Um, although like, you know, kind of philosophically and like big picture the, the biggest change I've noticed is like, we're just getting too good at this. Yeah. And not to, not to toot our own horn or anything, but like, I mean, I, I remember the, uh, one of those early servers, like week three or whatever. Um, one of the GMs like left a comment in the survey was like, like, I think we're getting too good for this. This like, isn't that much fun anymore or it's not the same kind of fun, you know, cause when everybody sucks, you, you just, you know, it's just this uh, all out brawl of like bad moves happening from every direction. But if everyone's like shrewd negotiating and like, you know, making sure to like pinch the right amount of pennies and signings and like just making these like ultra boring, realistic moves like, yeah, that's cool in a sense, but also like. That's not why we're here. You know? Well, again, like, so as from an agent's perspective, right? Like, I mean, you saw how long it took me to get Trevor Story signed 
And uh, and right. honestly, I think the only reason I got Trevor Story signed, I got Trevor Story signed for seven years, one hundred seventy five million dollars or something like that. And the only reason I managed to get that is because the Mets shelled out a bunch of money in real life, and then suddenly we were That's like, right. "Hey, Mets GM can get more money. Can I?" And there was nobody else for him to sign. So it's like, I guess I'll sign Trevor Story. And well, I don't know, I'll know, play him in center field. The Marlins I guess. were interested. Marlins were interested. Uh, sure, from, sure. From day one, and I reached out to Kuhan and. The receipt, receipt, or I received a reply that said he's not interested in playing for the Miami ownership group. So he could have he could have gotten signed in week two, you know. I, but I like listen. We 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 have argued about this. I feel like it's realistic. I feel like because there were there were a couple of players specifically Trevor Story and Chris Bryant who I was like I know in real life they've been real mad at their at their real life ownership groups, right? Trevor Story was not happy with the Rockies ownership group. Uh, Chris Bryant was not happy with the Cubs ownership group. And I was like, I, I don't think they would sign with bad ownership groups. I feel like that is important to the two of them. And I know something like- I, I, I agree, but <laughs> but I think, I think you're still leaving out the fact that uh, Jeffrey Loria is gone and the new Marlins ownership has not, has not publicly shown any of those same problems. And none of the players have publicly shown those problems. Like, yeah, they had the fire sale right when they bought it, like right when the Jeter ownership group bought the team. But, like, look at the team now compared to the team right after Jose Fernandez died. Yeah. They're in a much better place. They are in a better and, place. And, 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 and they're like, going to spend. And they're going to be competitive in the next couple of years. I just don't, I just don't know that they're going to – like, I, I don't – Personally, uh, I don't trust the Gita ownership to, to not make a fire sale soon. Like it, 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 just, it feels like they're not as liquid as they would like to be. Um, and then like, they just, you know, they, they feel like a, a ownership group that might turn. Maybe they will. Maybe, maybe my Trevor story was wrong to not sign with the Marlins. Who knows? My Chris Bryant signed with the Mariners. So <laughs> like, yeah, well, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean the Mariners, I don't think that, like, yeah, you know, Jerry DePoto is, he's going to do his own thing, but I think the ownership group is, is, committed to winning like i don't, what, I mean, I don't think again, there's anything I, wrong with the mariners so when like, I, when when i had brian sign with the mariners i asked him i was like look how do you feel about the mariners ownership group what do you think and he's like look i i think that maybe by year seven of this deal it might be a little bit iffy but i think for the first five to six years they're gonna put a good team around him and i was like all right cool yeah that that makes sense to me that feels around like what the mariners will do in real life so yeah chris brown was happy to sign with the mariners but uh yeah no the uh the in fact actually the rangers were the other bidder with against the mets for trevor story and it was like okay <laughs> and then and and honestly at some point the rangers were like i just don't know if i want to spend this much and i was like what are you doing what are we doing it's right. not real money you have you have 30 million dollars <laughs> in budget room what do you know what do you do not spending more money that's what I'm talking about, though. It's you know the yeah. the 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 thrill of signing a big contract uh, is outweighed by the fact that we just like we know that that thrill is temporary now. You know, like yeah, sure you can you can sign uh, Trevor Bauer for three hundred million dollars. This happened last year, by the way. Uh, but at at the end of the day, like you might win a couple out of the park sims, but everyone's gonna you know rag on you for years to come because who the hell is gonna give Trevor million three hundred million Trevor Bauer? Three million dollars. I'll oh, yeah, actually, you know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I what I just remembered is probably the biggest uh, change since you uh, since you started in 2017 uh, through a story because what I was about to say is we'll always have the 11 million 11 year 396 million dollar extension for Shohei Otani. <laughs> yes, and that that I did write that down like a note like that is the one exception I feel like. Um, I mean, yeah, there were a couple of trades that were just like this should not have been approved by the mods, uh, but yeah, the Otani extension is definitely the. Uh, <laughs> 
the exception that proves the rule, I think. Well, and, 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 you know, that was, that was, it was, it was one of those things where, where, you know, budgetarily it would like, it technically started after this year. So it was like, okay. And also, you know, I don't think he's going to sign for decision. And yeah, and uh, and eleven three ninety six was what the one that ended up not actually happening. I think we ended up going for ten three fifty or something like that. Um, oh, so much better, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 so much better. But like, I don't feel like it's that far out of the realm of possibility, you know? Like, I don't think it's like super realistic. But I feel like if he gets nine years and and three hundred million dollars, nobody's gonna be like, "What? I can't believe Shohei Otani got this much money." It's probably a bad deal. Yeah, but I don't think it's. I know. I mean, specifically with the Angels, I think you're right. Like, you know, they. They're no strangers to albatross contracts, uh, but just yeah, like that—that's another thing. Like that, if that extension had been done three, four years ago in the sim, I think people would have loved it universally. But this year, everyone was like, "What the heck are you doing?" Like it's Shohei Otani. He's had one good season where he wasn't even fully healthy. You know, like yeah, but it's I a mean, great yeah, season. He's though. An excellent player, such <laughs> a good season. But oh my god, he's never going to repeat this. Like you just paid three hundred fifty million dollars for somebody who's going to pitch one hundred and twenty innings every year, you know, like at at most. What did uh, What did Zips say? Zips said something about Otani, where it's like, uh, I feel like like his comp as a pitcher and his comp as a hitter were both like, oh yeah, 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 like slightly above average. And it's like, well, yeah, but if he's doing a slightly, if he's a slightly above average pitcher and a and a pretty good hitter. That's a good player. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you don't have to hit 50 home runs as a pitcher to be, an, you know, a superstar. You can hit 25 home runs and you could, you know, throw 120 innings. I mean, that that's still a really good player, but do you need to sign that player for 10 350, you know? Uh, so okay, so I don't remember if it was sim. I don't remember if it was Zips or if it was just somebody in our chat saying this, but it said Otani is Kirk Gibson plus AJ Burnett. It's like that's pretty good. I mean, both of those players are I think those both those players are above like league average for sure like, i would take i would take that player yeah <laughs> kirk gibson yeah. was aj burnett oh, that's, a, yeah. that's a good baseball player maybe not the that healthiest baseball, baseball player. player but a good baseball player <laughs> uh who said that that's a good comp uh that was uh be novice ah uh, okay he's getting um, smarter and smarter and something else i mean I'm, we didn't even mention the fact that the otani extension like in a vacuum is its own thing, but also the context surrounding the Otani extension is worth noting. Sure. Uh, where that the Angels GM was actually two GMs that were, you know, code, code doing it. Uh, and one of them agreed to this extension with Kuhan. And it, like, it, you know, they both submitted it to the mods. And with extensions, because, you know, it's the players already on the team, that you don't have to have that 48 hour waiting period. So extensions get posted right away once they're approved. So the mods looked at it. They're like, okay, we'll approve this. They approved it. It was posted. By the way, they, they were not Everyone happy like, about approving it because, uh, as we mentioned, Warble, right. one of the one of the commissions, is an Angels fan. He saw that yes. he's like, "This is stupid, but not vetoable, I guess." Right. Yes. Yeah, and that is a, that is a line that we will hear often from the commissions. This is stupid, but not vetoable. It's you know, it's kind of the uh, what's what's the um, the team like the, the the sim crest. You know, that's yeah. our that's our motto: stupid but not vetoable. Uh, but yeah, so so that got posted. Everyone was like up in arms about it. Like it was like, whoa, what what's what is this? What's going on? Blah blah blah. Uh, they started tagging the other GM who wasn't around, and it turns out they had no idea this was happening. And so it was like, wait, what? We ex- oh, from we my like perspective, a hundred percent of the time that I was dealing with a two GM crew, 
it was the the angels the cardinals and i think one other um i was only ever communicating with one gm like it was like here's me talking to you know the the cardinals gm or here's me talking to the angels gm it is not on me to to contact the other gm to be like hey is this okay so um i mean i yeah i think i don't think it's entirely your fault but i will say that whenever i dealt with the angels i always made sure i had a dm open with both of them I just it was it was usually one open to DM with me again, like with especially with with an extension, right? Like I'm not right. going out and seeking a Shohei Otani extension. He's not yeah. my client. And yeah. so the rule we had for extensions was you tell the commissions, I want to extend this player. And then they would they would assign an agent, one of the four agents. Uh, and so I happens to be the, the agent assigned to Otani. So I got the message from the GM. I said, OK, cool. Here's the number that I want to hit. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, I went with a high number thinking you wanted me wanted to go down. I was, I was willing to go to like nine, two seventy. but okay, cool. Let's do 11, three ninety six. <laughs> but yeah, so long story short, the other GM was not made aware of this happening. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure he had talked about the, you know, the two GMs had talked about a show out extension, like, you know, like abstract, yeah. you know, but I don't think he realized that it was actually happening and happening like right now. Uh, so after many, many, many Slack messages out of rapid fire pace, the mods decided to reverse the extension. Uh, and that also, like, that made everyone else mad as well. Like, so there's no winning as a mod. That's the moral yeah. of the story. Uh, but then eventually, a couple of weeks later, another extension got approved by both GMs. And yes, so we, we negotiated through. that one uh, so, publicly. It was publicly negotiated, that one, that extension. Right, <laughs> yes. A lot of fun. Yeah, uh, transparency is key. Yeah. Transparency is key, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what other, do you have any other, other fun sim stories you could think of? Because mine are all, well, mine I mean, are all I, stupid I got, extensions. I got to mention the Cattell Marte negotiations. Oh, yes. Okay, Cattell Marte negotiations. That is a, a phrase that will live with me forever. Um the By the way, once again, these are the, you could actually read the entire transcript of the Cattell Marte negotiations on the Please. subreddit. It, if you don't, if you don't look at the sub for anything else, just at least read the Cattell Marte negotiations. It is like uh, it is the purest distillation of the Slack experience that is available to an outside there is, party. There is like, a zero percent chance about, that anybody that. reads more than like fifteen lines of it, but you'll get a you'll get an idea. That's it. You just need to read the fifteen lines. You'll get the idea. I'm, I mean, even just the intro, like even, okay, so basically as a background, Diamondbacks GM has a very particular way of being like extra prosy about everything. He's the you know, best. Like everything, everything has to be like uh, very eloquent and like just way, way too extra. And so obviously Cattell Marte is going to be a trade target for a lot of teams, partially because he's like the best player in the Diamondbacks and also partially because the Diamondbacks were going to be selling. And retooling. Uh, so after like a couple of weeks of like, you know, him not being you know traded, uh, the Diamondbacks GM took everybody who had expressed interest with like a, a semi-close package of, of return uh, and put them in a single Slack channel together so that they could all <laughs> publicly negotiate and figure out who was getting Cattell Marte. And I, I, so it was the Dodgers, the Guardians, the Blue Jays, the Cardinals, the Padres, and I think the Rays. Um, Am I missing anybody? I feel like that's. I feel like you might have added the Rays actually, but I'm not sure. Oh well, no, Rays, well, Rays are I'm in there. Rays are in there. You're right. Yeah, the Rays are in there. Uh, he also added, added the two commissions into the else, channel. That's but, great. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's that's what I'm talking about. Transparency, you know, you got to make sure the commissions are aware of this monstrous negotiation happening. But yeah, so that's like what eight teams that are in on it, and I mean, so here here's the here's what the Diamondbacks GM like said when they invited everyone to the channel. Hello. If you're in this channel, I consider you a finalist for Cattell Marte. Your offer has at least a serious framework of us getting something done. It's pretty difficult to discuss the different offers in the abstract among so many different people, so I'm consolidating all Cattell Marte negotiations to this channel. I will not respond to any further DMs about Cattell Marte. He will be traded in this form or not at all. <laughs> and then he like proceeded to post or to tag every team's GM and like give like a like an update on like where they're currently at with their specific negotiation. And then after that, everyone's like realizes what's going on is like losing their minds. Like what? And it, again, if you, if you read it, which I would highly recommend, it just goes on forever. And like people after the initial shock of like, wow, this is really happening. People start taking it real seriously. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's what? And then for, so for what it's worth. So, cause he put it on Reddit. The, uh, the thing was too long for a Reddit post. <laughs> so he truncated it. And then continued in the comments, and had, it took two more comments to do it <laughs> <laughs> to, to get the whole negotiation. To get the entire in negotiation, there. and there's timestamps and everything, so you can see that like it's like it's it's a live reading of Cattell Marte. It's about traded. two it's, hours. Yeah, it's really impressive, um, and it's also funny because outside this, like the Diamondbacks GM had an extremely like sensible, low key, realistic off season, but then you have like this this monstrosity, like. Well, sense of a low-key realistic offseason in which he also uh, <laughs> signed um, uh, Kyle Seeger to a one-year $10 million with a three-team no-trade no clause. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's sensible. I mean, you know, Kyle Seeger, it, <laughs> I, I mean, is it more sensible than Kyle Seeger retiring as a lifelong Mariner? Maybe not, but no, I, I think, I think it's the, the three-team no-trade clause is what got it vetoed. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> one I mean, year, I, 10 I, million. And I was happy to do one year, 10, one year, 10 million. <laughs> and in fact, uh, the Diamondbacks GM uh, will occasionally take hiatuses from our Slack just because like he needs to get away from it for a period of time, just for his own mental health, essentially, uh, which is fair. perfectly fine. We totally get it. Everyone understands it. So that's what he did. He said like, look, my SIM is ending at this time on this date. <laughs> like if you're not done with me by that time, which was basically the end of week five and ended up being a week, a six week SIM, we usually do eight weeks. We've truncated it to six weeks this year. Uh, that's its own for, for the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, he said like, I'm going to be done at the end of week five. That's it. If you don't have something in by the end of week five, we're uh, like, I'm done. Uh, and so literally it's funny at like, like 30 minutes before his sim ended, uh, he was like, all right, I got 30 minutes to make these moves. Let's do it. Uh, and I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and we like, he's, he's the four players he was signing uh, among them were uh, uh, not only Seager, but also Donovan Solano for a one-year deal with a full no trade clause. Uh, and the commissions vetoed those two deals. And he actually ended up coming back right before the end of the sim. And I was like, hey, look, if you want to sign these two players for just the same deal without the end, no trade clause, like that's fine with me. I don't really mind. The no trade clause was not the deciding factor for me. It's like, no, it's a matter of principle. Uh, they are <laughs> signing with the no trade clauses. I have, I ha and he had a like a discussion with the commissions and like a, 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 a um, I did uh, not hear about this. He had, I did DM not know about this. he had a DM exchange with the commissions where they were like, no, we're not letting this through. Like, give us proof that it's ever happened. And then he pulled up proof that it ever happened uh, with players in a similar situation. You know, they were like, yeah, but like, this is Kyle Seeger is a guy who's like, could retire. And they're like, yeah, but here's a guy who could retire, who also signed for a one year deal with a full no trade clause. And then it still didn't happen. And I was like, 
hold on. At this point, at this point, I feel like you should let it through because he did Gotta come with receipts. Because yeah. if you're going to ask anybody for receipts and, and expect them to come through with them, it is the Diamondbacks GM. Yes. <laughs> like, he is the guy. <laughs> or or Rose, but Rose or was an agent sure. this year. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, and also just as a little bit of a background, like for, for Sim Meta, um, the no trade clause when signing a free agent and the player option when signing a free agent. They're two basically just like, because it's a one-year sim, they don't really matter. Yeah. But it's just a way to like do a price is right maneuver on another GM and just barely outbid the other GM without actually spending more money. So, so the, the player options became a big problem a year ago where yeah. just GMs yes. were offering them left and right. And again, as an agent, like I can't just say no. Like, yeah, the player option is a good deal for my client. What am I right. supposed to do? You know? Right. <laughs> Yeah, and so it de- it definitely came to a head last year, um, and this year was another like another another aspect we kind of knocked out of the park. And it was like we there were a couple player options, but yeah. they made they made sense for the deal for the most part, and it was not as rampant as in past years. But yeah, so that's a little like thing. It's like the no trade clause. Yeah, it doesn't happen that much in real life, but it also it's a big part of the sim experience. Right. Well, and and usually no trade clause weren't offered to players who weren't you know, like top tier players who you'd expect to get a no trade clause. And then there were the couple from the Diamondbacks and like, and you know, they made sense. Like it was, it makes sense because like the the Kyle Seager signing, the GM was like, look, he's probably going to get traded mid season. Like we know that's going to happen. He's a player who's good enough to get traded. We need a third baseman for a little while. We'll figure it out after that. So we're giving him a three team, no trade clause. So he can decide here's the three plays I don't want to go, but otherwise we're leaving it open for him. Right. And the same thing with the Donovan Solano thing. Uh, in fact, what's funny is in the same session, uh, he signed uh, Gwang Yen Kim, uh, who, who I knew does not want to be a reliever. Other teams approached me saying, we want to sign Gwang Yen Kim. Uh, he's going to be a relief pitcher for us. And I was like, that's not going to happen. Cause I know specifically Gwang Yen Kim was very mad at the Cardinals this year for moving him to the bullpen. So I, know he, he does not want to relieve so unless you can give me some assurances that he's going to start he's not signing with your team and uh the diamondbacks gm came back like 10 minutes later came back and me like okay here's this insane structure which basically handicaps us from using him as anything but a starter or potentially an opener um and if where, we use where, him as a really what week that was in I think it was the last week or week five. Okay, I'm going to try and find it because I do want I do want to talk about this structure because I remember it very vividly. Uh, yeah, because I saw it and I was like, yeah, this handicaps them from uh, from using them. So uh, that's that sounds right with me. Um, the, the the only thing was like 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 if he re- if he made X number of relief appearances, then he would then it would kick to a player option for a silly amount of money, which was like. Okay, right. maybe he'll do that for that stupid amount of money. But if he doesn't, then it, you know. So it's like it was. It was like one of these structures. That I was like, yeah, you know what? That it's, works for me. Yeah. So it was a two-year, ten million dollar deal. So split evenly between twenty twenty-two and twenty twenty-three, five million a year. Uh, there's a five hundred thousand dollar bonus for every five relief appearances, which continues if the player options are picked up. So it's five hundred thousand every five uh, relief appearances in perpetuity until the contract is over, basically. Uh, so then there's a player option for $7 million in 2024 if he makes 50 relief appearances for the Diamondbacks over the original two years. Another player option for 2025 for $10 million if he makes 80 relief appearances for the Diamondbacks over the previous three years. And then a player option for $15 million in 2026 if he makes 110 relief appearances for the Diamondbacks over the previous four years. In case it wasn't obvious, this guy is a lawyer in real life. <laughs> 
So, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the one thing was that like specifically the, the options were relief appearances for the diamond back. So if he got traded, right. then, then, but it was still like, it was a two year, 10 million. So if he got traded, he still got the 500 K bonus for the five relief mm-hmm. appearances. And then the player options just didn't exist. So it was like, all right, then he can go and try to find a starting job. Yeah. It was it's one a of the super- things like, kind of ironclad deal really like it was like it was like they want this is this is what i know the guy wants this is works for the team it honestly it was like it's it's so funny when i get deals like that that i'm like yeah i don't have to negotiate this one (laughs) like i know this is weird and crazy but i also had to do nothing on it um you know because sometimes like we'll get the weird crazy deals like the say suzuki deal um (sighs) that's another one that we should talk about i i don't even know if we have time to talk about that that will take a while (laughs) (laughs) again you can find it all on the subreddit yeah the say suzuki deal is just uh is it's wild uh uh but one thing is it did it it includes like you know opt-outs team options also uh uh, guarantees uniform 51 for the life of the contract uh, <laughs> and participation in Summer Olympics uh, 2024 and 2028. Uh, but, but also those participations remove certain options, stuff like that. You got to read it. And in fact, because of the Suzuki deal, I then had to add some of that stuff into the Otani extension, uh, which included the ability for Otani to participate in the Winter Olympics if he so desires. Nice. Um, which nice. was at that point, it's just like, all right, if we're, if we're being silly, let's be silly. Um, oh yeah. And that, I mean, to be clear, that was the point of the, the Suzuki deal. Like the GM. Well, so basically the agent came to the GM and was like, Hey, I want to do all this nutty stuff with this deal. And the GM was like, yeah, all right, whatever, let's do it. Like, great. So well, there, 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 funny, there right? was no like... negotiation. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of the opposite, like of the Kim contract though, where it's like, you know, the GM came to you with kind of like a weird contract structure, but it makes total sense and it's very grounded in reality. Yeah. This is the opposite. The agent came to the GM and was like, I want to make this the most bat, bat blank, insane contract you've ever seen. And the GM well, was funny like, is because I got that a couple of times from GMs. Like the, the Cardinals GM came at me at one point and was like, I want to do a stupid, weird, crazy deal for, I don't remember who it was, but it was like, it wasn't Michael Lorenzen, but it was somebody like at a level of Michael Lorenzen. And I was like, sure. Yeah, that's fine. And then somebody else like, started a bidding war over him <laughs> over that player and i was like and then at some point the cardinals gm dropped out of that player because like yeah this isn't fun anymore so uh screw it <laughs> it actually might have been michael lorenzen now that i think about it um were you lorenzen's agent yeah of course oh okay yeah. you think somebody drafted michael lorenzen oh maybe <laughs> it's probably the probably the astros then right because they ended up signing him um yeah it might have been I, it also i feel like it might have been somebody who he was uh it was the giants as the other gm i don't remember exactly what it was okay, gotcha. but uh um and so i don't remember which play i i had a lot of clients uh which it was very funny when somebody came at me like which of this type of player do you have and i was like go to the spreadsheet what are you talking about um, like what, what do you mean what outfielders do i have i have all of the outfielders like i definitely asked you that i'm sorry <laughs> I asked you about the, center fielders. Which is funny because yeah, I think you yeah, I think you did. Uh which is funny because the Diamondbacks GM at one point, because because he had a complaint where people would come to him like, what do you want for Catel Marte? And he was like, I don't want to look at your mm-hmm. prospect list and figure out right. what like you've been looking at your prospect list. Come at me with an offer and I'll tell you what I like. And so then he came at me similarly. He's like, Hey, what what kind of this player do you have? And I was like, Listen, man, I I know you don't like this, but I have everybody look. And he's like, Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, you're right. I forgot that you're the agent for every player. I will look and come back to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a very different experience. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the no, non, not uh, no negotiation contracts though, we should bring up our deal for, uh, 
Yadier Molina last year. Last year. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, so I, I'll, I'll say, yeah. So, last year, uh, Corey was the Cardinals GM. And uh, and it was very clear. We we do not start the simulation until after the World Series. Like you're not supposed to make any negotiations before the World Series ends. It's uh, once the World Series and once the last out of the World Series is made, that is when negotiations are technically allowed to start. Uh, and we also have even, a, even then there's like a three day waiting period. So teams have three exclusive days to negotiate with impending free agents yeah. before anybody else can. Yeah. So right. That's what, yeah. That's about to say. Yeah. So so um. So in that window, so again, I was a, I was a, a agent last year. I, I don't remember if I drafted Yachty or if I just if he, nobody Obviously else drafted you him. Drafted Yachty, come on, man. Well, I don't remember if of nobody drafted him or if I drafted him, uh, but I probably right, drafted well, him. You know, we, we, there's a way to check. We can check this. But anyway, sure. go ahead. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, beside the point, uh, literally, like after like two minutes after the last time of the World Series, Corey slightly drunk um, or quite drunk. I don't remember how drunk you were. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't wasn't like extremely drunk, but yeah, definitely drunk. <laughs> uh, messaged me like, uh, just like with a number, and I was like, I don't know. He's, he's like, let's go, and I was like, here's a number, and he's like, cool, sounds good, and I was like, we didn't say a name, we didn't say Yadier Molina at any no, point. Wait, wait, wait. I did, I did have one counter. You said like two twenty four, and I was like. I'll give you two two twenty with a team option, something like that. Yeah, something like that, or, or like with, like, was, with like an option with a buyout. Counter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, cool, sounds good. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> and like, we didn't say anything. So I was like, congratulations, you just got Brett Cecil for two years and twenty four million dollars. <laughs> and he was like, oh no. Uh, but no, yeah, that was that was it. it was it was a very it was a very quick the quickest negotiation I've ever had for any player. Uh, literally, like within within five like, ten minutes after the end of the World Series. <laughs> Yeah, right. It was pretty fun. It was like, yeah, it was like nine o'clock on a Tuesday and I'm drunk. I'm like, let's just, let me just get this out of the way. Because obviously as a Cardinals GM, that was my top priority for the off season, right? Like, right. you got to re-sign Yachty. Yeah. I mean, obviously this was, keep in mind, this was a year ago. So yeah. And it was a two-year deal. So technically it was very close to what he ended up getting in real life. Right. He signed so. a one-year deal in real life and they signed a one-year extension in the middle of the season. You were yeah. pretty close. Yeah. The the thing you weren't close on was refusing to sign Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to bring that up. Turns out, forty-year-old pitchers are still good sometimes. Who could have seen that coming? I, I stand I, by my distrust. I was willing to let you sign him for league minimum. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a spot for him. Clearly, you should have. Obviously, yeah. Turns out he's going to be better than Tony Gonsolin, but whatever, man. Hindsight twenty twenty. Also, for the record, Yadier Molina was actually. your third-round draft pick. Okay. Right, sorry, 2021, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Yachty was drafted third by you. It was Springer, Stroman, Yachty, Kike, and then Jock Peterson. That was your top five. What and you took Adam Wainwright yeah, yeah. sixth, which is actually kind of a, a bold bold maneuver. But then, yeah, your seventh and eighth, Sean Doolittle and Yoannis Cespedes. Not great. Not great, no. Oh, then Brock Holt. Oh, wow, that's a that's a tough stretch right there. There wasn't a great oh my uh, God. Okay. wasn't a great well, free agent Rizzi, year. Not a great free agent year. Yeah. Or easy, whatever. But then you have Mike Leak and Jake McGee. Well, I think at some great. point it, it was literally it was just like me and uh, and one other agent like still looking for Pat, players. Right? Yeah, and Pat and I was like, listen, at some yeah. point, Pat, just take whatever players you want, and I'll just take the rest. That's fine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's usually how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, again, even this year it was like we we went through the draft, and I was like, does anybody still want to go? Okay, cool. We'll keep going. Okay, does anybody still want to go? Okay, cool. We'll keep right. going. Anybody still want to go? Okay, no, great. Then I will take all the rest. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like I, Rose, Rose and I, who's another agent, had I had talked about um, finding a player on on uh, Cameo, 
and signing them and having the, the signing be announced from their cameo. Yeah. But there were no good free agents on cameo. There was one reliever. I forget his name. It was like, I forget something green, Connor green, I think. Uh, and Rose was like, just, just like, I'll talk to Kuhan. I'll get him to be my agent. I'll, uh, you know, I'll get to be his agent. Just sign for like one year, one million. Like, I don't want to put him on my bullpen. This guy's not good. Like, <laughs> the, the bit is not worth me actually having to roster this guy. It's close, but Again, it didn't quite uh, so, so, it's, it's, it's for a For a fake simulation, <laughs> the bit is not worth. Oh, yes. Like, the. Well, for for I mean, let's let's be honest, it's not like your Marlins were like the best. Like, you were not planning no. on winning a lot of Sims. <laughs> no, no, but that's not the point. I mean, the Marlins are going to be competitive. You know, maybe not this coming year, but maybe the year after and in the future. But yeah, I mean, this guy was not going to break make or break my Sim. But also the cameo, like it wasn't that expensive. It's probably like fifteen bucks or whatever. But it's also just it wasn't quite worth it. You know. And I just, because I, we had this idea last year and we we're yeah. like, we we're waiting all year. And I started checking Cameo. It's like, there's no good free agents here. If there was a good free agent in there, I would have made it happen. But right. like a, a reliever who's like been cut recently, like that's not, that's not going to be as funny, you know, as like me signing Javier Baez and having it be announced via Cameo from Javi Baez. Like that would be awesome, you know? It's not that the is- same. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. um, cool. I think I, we've, we've gone plenty of time. Do we have uh, any last stories that you might have jotted down? Or, or I think we got everything out of the way. I think we got most things. I, well, we were talking earlier about Manny Machado uh, signing a couple of years ago in the sim. And that was that was a whole thing. I feel like, like we could definitely talk a lot longer about that. But basically, oh. um, the Yankees GM ended up signing Machado for – 13 years and 492 million dollars or something like that uh like almost 500 million and they they had spent the first six weeks of that sim trying to find brett gardner's agent because they wanted to re-sign brett gardner but they couldn't for some reason even those listed in the sheet who his agent was they could not find brett gardner's agent and by the time they did they spent all their money on manny machado and so they, somebody outbid them on brett gardner <laughs> just because they didn't want them to have brett gardner it was so oh, it was so good and uh, the, the, point, gm like, is driving around new york right now looking for brett gardner's <laughs> agent <laughs> yeah exactly uh and in the same kind of that same sim like in the machado bidding war um the Yankees GM was convinced the Mets GM was like trying to outbid him on, on Machado. And so he was going to everybody else and like DMing them and say, Hey, if you have any deals with the Mets, I'll top it. You know, like I'll, I'll undercut the Mets just so that he doesn't get, you know, what he wants because he's undercutting me or because he's bidding me up on Machado. When it turns out the Mets weren't even in on Machado like <laughs> at all. And he was just going off false information. So that was, that was a, that was a really fun kind of like subplot for the, the sim that year. I think um, I was in Pakistan that year. Cause I remember none of this. <laughs> okay. It was, yeah. I mean, if you can, I mean, if you can guess it was Jory, that's the sim. That's the GM we're talking about. Uh, Jory, Jory, throw him under the bus. What wonderful, wonderful person. Oh, love him. Love him. Uh, uh, however, I do remember because I was in Pakistan while negotiating. So this couldn't have been the year I was in Pakistan because he was the he was definitely the Blue Jays that year. Um, was trying to extend Josh Donaldson. Yeah. And this is while Josh Donaldson, like this is while extensions were handled by commissions. We didn't hand them out, you know, pass them out to agents at the time. And that might never happen again. We'll see. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, commissions handled extensions. And uh, he messaged me about Josh Donaldson. And said, I want to send Josh Donaldson to this many years, this much money. And I was like, 
that's not enough. Like it, it, it's a low number. Like he was low ball. It was like four years in something. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, you're, that's a low ball. Like he doesn't need to hear it. And he's like, well, why not? I was like, like you realize it's an extension. Like I hold all the cards here. Josh Donaldson can just not sign the extension and continue to play baseball. Um, I, like I, I, you're not, you're not, you're only bidding against yourself. So I don't need to take the money. And then he would come at me with a lower number. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is, what is happening? I already said no to the higher number. Why are you coming at me with a lower number? He's like, negotiations. Like that's not how negotiations work. Not in this. In- yeah. So he said like 480 or something. And then yeah. I think the, the commission's countered with seven to 10. That sounds and right. Then, yeah. And then Joy was like, I can't do seven to 10, but I'll do six, one eighty. Like, no, no. Like, no, no, no. I think it was actually like a lower number. Like, I think it was like, I think he came with like five, a hundred oh. and then went down to four eighty. And it was like, what? Oh, you might be right. That's that way makes funnier. less sense. Yeah. That's yeah. less <laughs> money. I want more money in more years. You're giving me less money in less years. Oh my god! Uh, one other yeah. fun thing. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we can talk a lot about it because we've gone. We've gone plenty of time. But we do also do streams, um, like uh, yes. a couple of times a week sometimes for the uh, uh, for the off season. And we have had deals happen live on streams, um, which is which is fun, especially because usually there's a commissioner who's on the stream, so it's like. Uh, uh, and usually it's Warble. Uh, it's like, hey, Warble, this deal just happened. Can you push it through now? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Or he gives his live reaction. It's like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Let's my, do it. <laughs> I, I guess my, my, oh yeah, my favorite was, uh, was because I, I definitely wanted to be on the stream for when this player signed and I was. Uh, and it was like, it was uh, like, Warble's like, all right, all the signings are done. I was like, uh, Warble, I think one more has to go. F- final tonight and he's like what oh oh right and it was uh kyle schwarber for seven years and uh 120 was it uh it was 50 million a year 105 million yeah 105 yeah (laughs) that actually is my shortest negotiation because the the gm messaged me the the gm messaged me uh, i would like kyle schwarber and i was like cool yeah throw me out a number he's like 7105 and i was like sounds good let's do it I would be remiss if I didn't mention that that was the Phillies that signed Schwarber in the sim. And it turns out we found we found out halfway through the sim that the the GM for the Phillies was actually like being shadow puppet controlled by some teenager who like what? tried to join the sim this year, but we didn't let them. Yeah, you don't hear about this? I didn't realize the Phillies. Is that the guy who did the Diamondbacks uh, cheat? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so we we have let in like people under 18 to the sim in the past it happens you know because you can't meet somebody over reddit you know you just have an account name or whatever um but we usually do when when people ask if they want to join we do usually do some vetting and we go through their reddit history like posting in the comments just to make sure they're not like a terrible person or whatever um this one person had like all their posts were in like the teenager subreddit or like it was our teenagers but pog <laughs> which i never heard of but <laughs> So like it's like this person is clearly a teenager. We should not let them in. Like they seem knowledgeable, but like give it a couple of years, you know. Turns out they were shadow puppet controlling the Phillies. Like the Phillies GM was a real person, but they were like consulting with this random teenager. And the only reason we found out is because this random teenager filled out one of the surveys after like week three and like mentioned something about like them controlling the Phillies. Like wait, what? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and yeah, and then as you alluded to, uh, they also the Diamondbacks GM for the bit like started communicating with this teenager to like ask them for their opinions on these trades before making them, you know, like 
So, well, because also yeah. the, the the teenager initially wanted to be the Diamondbacks GM, and right, and then we, they made we, a sheet, yeah, and they made a sheet like they just like because normally yeah. we you like you you don't necessarily make the spreadsheet until you know what team you're getting, uh, especially if you don't even know if you're in the sim. But right. he made a sheet, and the Diamondbacks GM was like, "Yeah, this is fine. I'll just use this." <laughs> It's a pretty good sheet. <laughs> pretty good sheet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we should definitely invite them next year just because they clearly want to be a part of it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was, yeah, that was a fun one. Um, and also, I also just remembered you were talking about commissions being on the streams and stuff. I commissioned last year and with another guy, and um, we actually uh, made up a Reddit account and a, and a fake person to take control of a team. So we were both shadow GMing the Blue Jays and as well as commissioning. Uh, but two years ago, not last year. Two years ago, yeah. Um, but we managed to keep it a secret until after the sim was over. And then, like, we started just casually dropping hints. And eventually people caught on. But it was definitely, like, a slow kind of burn reveal. Um, but we obviously, there was no tampering. We, like, made good deals, made good trades. Like, the Blue Jays looked pretty good that year. Signed Nicholas Castellanos for, like, a five-year, $7 million deal. I totally missed of- this. I was so, like, out of the... Um... Uh, I, I was I was not very involved that year. Like I was I was the Cardinals GM that year, and I think I made one move, if that. Um, <laughs> That's about right. Which is well, you listen, it's the Cardinals. It's realistic. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had no idea this was was not a real person. I think yeah. I, I think the, that account is still in Slack. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tremendous. Let's see. What did we end up doing? Yeah, so we signed Castellanos five seventy two. Jake Odorizzi, 336. Um, we traded Matt Shoemaker to the Rockies for Wade Davis, Kyle Freeland, Jacob Wallace, Michael Toglia, and Mitch Kilkenny. That was like the big deal that we did. Uh, and a couple other minor trades. But yeah, it ended up being like this team could be pretty decent. But yeah, that was just it was just me and me and Jiggy behind the curtain. That makes sense. Yeah, it tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, I, I think this is more than enough because uh, uh, I'm not going to cut any of this out. Just going to end up being a long episode. Uh, right. That that happens when uh, when I, I bring on someone who's a friend and we just end up chatting and reminiscing for for 45 minutes to an hour. Um, yeah, it's fun to do. It is fun to do. Uh, Corey, I I, I do want to mention Corey is also an incredible drummer, uh, and if you want to mm. see uh, Corey play live music and you happen to live in california or mexico <laughs> um yeah we're going to mexico on wednesday yeah thank you thank you for the the shout out yeah i mean i yeah the, the band is called the coffice brothers c-o-f-f-i-s it's like americana kind of roots rock stuff um we play, yeah, mostly do california we play all over the west coast we do some of the other western states like kuhan said we're going international next week that'll be really fun um yeah yep yeah, so coffeesbrothers.com, yeah, check baseball. that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I jumped over the website, yeah. No, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, ch- check it out. It's, it's easy. Corey's great. Corey, Corey did drums for a song that I wrote and, and never released because I don't think it's a very good song. Um, oh, my but, God. Come on, man. That's not what music is about. Release the song. I got. I actually got I got to message somebody to, like to help me like properly mix it because I don't know how to mix um so we'll we'll get we'll get around it we'll get around it i promise the i have a better song that i that i still need to like ask you to put drums on but i I feel awkward about asking you to to like do that (laughs) because i'm not gonna do it until you release the first song how about that fair enough fair enough fair enough all right right. (laughs) uh cool well that is it for this segment i don't know if there's another segment or just the outro uh but stay tuned for that 
thank you all for listening to another great episode of our Baseball Weekly. My name is Lewis. I am the executive producer of this podcast. Our admin is Christine. Our intro today was co-hosted by Dylan. Nime did our interview today and is our editor. Special thanks to Corey for our interview. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. We release every Monday at 1 a.m. Eastern. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.